0: Hello, my darlings, and welcome back to This is Maria. Today, we're going to be talking about food. Food as it relates to spirituality, as it relates to your spiritual journey. What are the things you should and should not be consuming? Some just broad strokes. And then uh, we're going to be talking a lot about being vegan, a vegetarian, being a meat eater as opposed to being vegetarian. Um, And I'm going to be providing some broader context around the path that humanity is on as it relates to food. Now, before we get started, just a couple of housekeeping items. I invite you, if you have not subscribed to my YouTube channel yet, to do so. I am at This Is Maria on YouTube, Maria with a Y, M A R I Y A. And secondarily, come check out my book, 72 Keys to Manifestation, or An Ancient Path of a Modern Day Alchemist. It is a very energetically charged book. It's a book that is permeated with codes. But really, it is here to help you manifest your best life. It has 72 chapters, 72 keys, 72 practices to help you dive into the realm of energy and how energy informs everything that you see manifested in the physical. Um, I go quite deep in, in the book, but also it's extremely practical. It's one of the more practical books you're going to read on manifestation. So I hope you take the time to check it out. It's available on Amazon, on Kindle, and also through Audible. We have an audio version for those of you that would like to do the meditations and the practices with an audio guide. Alrighty, my darlings, why don't we dive into the topic of today? I have postponed, I've been postponing talking about this, despite the fact that I think food is critical. Food is something that you consume on a daily as an incarnated human. It is something that quite literally becomes your vibration. What you consume becomes you. Um, Because of that, every person on a spiritual journey eventually is faced with a question, I would say an existential question of what should I be eating? How much Uh, Should I be eating of that? How diverse should my diet be? Should I be eating, I don't know, four times a day, three times a day, one time a day? Should I be fasting? You know, what is the relationship between food and spirituality? Should I be concerned at all? And where is this world going as far as food related stuff, right? There's so much um, I know there is there are so many empaths also um, in the uh, spiritual community. So I know a lot of you guys care about animals and animal w- w- welfare. So while I'm not going to be able to dive sufficiently in depth into every topic that has to do with food, because I think we can probably talk about food for 7,000 hours if we chose to, today I'm going to cover just the big picture stuff. And then if you're interested... Down the road, we can take smaller subtopics and also cover them under the larger food umbrella. Let me preface this by saying, nothing that I will tell you today is a prescription. Meaning, I'm not here to prescribe a pathway for you. You are a being with free will. This is a free will-based universe. You get to do whatever it is that you want. Whatever is most aligned for you, whatever you believe serves you, right? So I'm yet here, I'm merely here to provide a perspective. I'm merely here to help connect a few dots for you. If you have been wondering why now, what's happening now, why are you feeling the way you're feeling? I'm here to perhaps shed the light, to carry the torch forward around what is the larger arc that humanity is on as it relates to food why you're witnessing in society what you're witnessing in society and also why right now based on this information you are one billion percent free to make your own choices by the way i will also tell you that each of you are on your unique path each of you are being called to do different things with your physical body just as you are being called to do different things on your spiritual journeys there is no one size fits all Whatever serves your soul at this point in time is what you should be doing. So please don't take this episode or anything that I'm going to say as a prescription or a mandate or a dogma. If anything, I hate dogma of all kind. That being said, I figured that today I will provide a bigger picture thinking, if you will, as it relates to food. Now, there are certain things that are very much at the forefront of the collective consciousness right now. It is almost believed, or like I would say at this point, it's probably common knowledge, right? That the more spiritual you become, you tend to give up things like meat and fish. You tend to become vegetarian then vegan. You know, some people go as far as becoming raw, right? Um, And then there is a a very, very small percentage, like an offshoot that chooses to become fruitarian. That is pretty much the vast domain, the vast array of people um, and, you know, how <laughs> how their food preferences um, vary. And that's pretty much the bulk of what's available to the planet Earth right now. As we are embarking, maybe not even embarking, we're smack in the middle of it if, if we're being real. We're smack in the middle of one of the greatest transitions that planet Earth has ever been on. Not even forget you individually, forget you as a society, forget humanity has been on, planet Earth has been on, right? So if I look at eons that Gaia has been around, this is one of the most pivotal transitions. By the way, Gaia has already at one point embodied a five-dimensional consciousness, right? There is a sliver of... um, shall we say, perception of planet Gaia that is in five-dimensional consciousness from way back when. She chose to go to a downward downward arc, meaning she chose to descend to then ascend. Maybe that is more information that you need to know for the you know purposes of this episode. But here's why this is different. Anytime you're ascending, you're kind of moving against the grain a little bit. Um, a descent is actually an easier movement to make. Um, Ascension is always harder. With Ascension, you have to overcome resistance. So our planet currently is overcoming a lot of resistance on its path to Ascension. Can anything stop planet Gaia from ascending at this point? The answer is absolutely no. So every single being that is currently incarnated and is going to come into an incarnation in the coming years has signed up for a very particular ride of overcoming resistance alongside Gaia, first in themselves, and then helping the larger society overcome that resistance to change, to ascension, to wider energies, if you will, by emanating a particular frequency, by being a certain way right? So it's not necessarily that everybody that raises their vibration is going to force the next person to to change their vibration. That's not how energy works. But because of mirror neurons and because of a mirroring principle, if you start emanating uh, energy at a different frequency, you're going to start not just attracting people that emanate at the same frequency, that is definitely true, but you're going to start shifting your environment Little by little, step by step, breath by breath, intention by intention, it is going to happen. It, there's no other way. And so, as Planet Gaia is undergoing one of this most pivotal and, shall I say, one of the hardest, um, turbulent, one of the most turbulent journeys she has been on as a consciousness incarnated in this physical body of a planet, you guys are very much on for the ride your lineages are going through a large, large transformation. Your DNA structures are going through a very vast transformation right now. Literally, you are not going to leave this transformation the way that you found it. Right now, we are at a point of, there's so the transformation in terms of human years, right? Because it's, it's really hard to pinpoint, like, what is this, like, the crux of, of, of the transformation. How long does it take? It's actually just a couple of hundred years. It's not that long of a period. And in this couple of hundred years, that transition takes place. And then the before and after is pretty dramatic. Now, every area of life, and I don't just mean human life, I mean life on planet Earth. Every species is undergoing an upgrade. Every species is going through a process some species are dying out you guys are seeing it right now the extinction uh, phenomenon is real some species choose not to you know be a part of this ecosystem anymore that is completely normal it is a part of the process right because if we think about a third dimensional and fifth dimensional cycle they are you know by cycle i mean that the earth is going through a third dimensional cycle then it um ascends goes through a fifth dimensional cycle those cycles are very different those are very different stories those are very different experiences certain species subconsciously and consciously have opted out of being in 5D it is completely normal every species has free will whether that is an amoeba species that is a bird species that is a plant species it doesn't really really matter everybody has free will now to which degree you are aware of that free will is a different is a different story, almost like its own episode. That is not what we're here, why we got gathered here today. So the reason I, I started this far, and uh, you probably expected me to be like, okay, let's get straight to foods, eat this, don't eat that. Not going to serve you. This is not going to serve you. What's going to serve you is to understand the bigger picture. What is happening? What is happening is you have signed up for the Ascension ride. What does this mean? Everything about the human society is going to have to be re-examined, re-looked at. And certain things are going to have to be scratched entirely. One of the most important transitions is going to happen at the physical level. Our physical bodies are going to be transformed, make no mistake. The physical bodies are going through a large purge, healing, cleanse, detox, Not for nothing, you guys. Out of nowhere, you are getting all of these, like the cleanse 10 years ago was barely a thing. Now there are like liver cleanses, there are, you know, the celery juice cleanses, everything. They're coming out of the woodworks. Now, now people are talking about parasites, physical parasites. They did not talk about that just a couple of decades ago, let me tell you. There are a lot of things that are shifting around how you guys are experiencing physicality there are more things that are going to be shifting and i will tell you why because i think as soon as you understand the why and as soon as you understand the larger happening it will be easier for for you to understand the microcosm when you understand the large it's easier to understand the small when you understand the small it is easier to understand the large it works both ways one of the hermetic principles as above so below so a lot of things are shifting around your physicality. You may have noticed that the past few years have been physically challenging for you. Now, not all of you have experienced the same phenomena. Think back to the pandemic. Think back to COVID-19. Enough of you experienced getting sick with COVID-19 all of you experienced a different level of being sick with that virus some of you had it really bad others had it for a couple of days and it was gone so your physical bodies are already starting to show you that they exist within the spectrum right the virus is the same but it doesn't impact everybody the same way it really hit some people and it really didn't others that it was just one way of visually kind of showing you that you guys are not created equal. You are extremely different. There is a range, right, of bodies. There is a range of physical symptoms. There is a range. So you guys, all of you, exist along a continuum in terms of your physicality. Now, let's drop the continuum for a quick second, and let's look forward around what's going to happen The Schumann resonance of planet Earth, the Schumann resonance is the overall vibration, the frequency at which the planet vibrates. It's almost like the sound of planet Earth is changing. It is rising. It's going to continue to be rising. Planet Earth is like a rocket space, uh, rocket ship, sorry, not rocket space, rocket ship going into space. It is taking off. It's ascending, right? Movement up. That means that the Schumann resonance is going to continue to be elevated. Now, not only that, but on top of everything else, you guys have noticed that the solar activity has been through the roof. It's been crazy. It's going to continue to be crazy for the decades to come. It's not going to disappear tomorrow. The solar flares are not going anywhere. And it is not because some big guys are out to get us. It's not because of the deep state or any of that. You know, it is (laughs) and it isn't. There is a method to the madness of what's happening. Ascension as a process, planetary level ascension, is a very precise process. There are stages to it. And it's almost like regardless of which planet you could have witnessed, you could be witnessing ascending from 3D to 5D, certain things, certain phenomena are going to be exactly the same regardless of which galaxy you go to. And one of those things is the physicality is going to have to shift. Our physicality is changing. So where i am going with this? Whether you'd like this or not, the change is here, the change is accelerating, and more change is coming. Does it mean we should be scared? Absolutely freaking not, you guys. I would never give you information to make you scared. In fact, I am giving you information for you to be empowered for you to find your power, for you to find your understanding, for you to get that seed of wisdom that you can plant inside of you to grow a beautiful garden of knowing. That is why. Not to create any type of like, oh my God, let's drop into the root center and it's all, let's all be afraid. No, we should not be afraid, but we should understand. Because the solar flashes are coming for you whether you'd like this or not. The Schumann resonance frequencies are coming to whether you'd like this or not. And other things are coming as well. Good and bad, and in between, all of it. Meaning, you can't escape the change. You can resist it. And by the way, even planet Earth is resisting change right now because she was comfortable for a time in third dimensional consciousness, in third dimensional density, in third density, right? Now she's moving to fifth density, and she's going to have to drop a lot of baggage, right? So if you're experiencing the resistance, you're in good company. So don't make yourself wrong for feeling, gosh, I just wish things were just went back to how they were. That's normal. That's normal. Because you cannot really change the happening, meaning you don't get to vote on saying, hey, the sun, can you please come down? You can't necessarily vote right now in your physical body for Earth to not move to, 5- to 5D. Unfortunately, unfortunately, rather that that ship has sailed. Like we, it is it is what it is, right? And that's an empowering thought because with that we know what's what's going to happen. We know what is already happening. We can adapt. Humanity is incredibly adaptable. If you only guys knew what to adapt to and how to adapt, you could adapt tomorrow. So the whole premise of this episode is to help you adapt to what's coming, and. The shifts are going to have to start with the physical body. In order for a human body to be able to be healthy, vital, vibrant, live longer, by the way, and not feel drained and tired, so say goodbye to chronic fatigue. In order for all of those things to happen, so for you to live a healthier life, instead of getting all kinds of, you know, including terminal disease. All over and all the symptomology, including having a chronic fatigue that is right now a global disease. It's that's not going anywhere, right? Like there are a lot of symptoms on the physical you guys are experiencing that are suboptimal, and you have learned to live with them and almost take them as just it is what it is type of situation. You're like it is what it is. We all get tired at 5 p.m. It is what it is. Like, we all uh, develop, like, some type of, you know, disease when we get older. It is what it is. We die at, like, you know, in, in our 60s and 70s. Like, there are a lot of these things that, like, you as a society have agreed that it is what it is or this is how things are. With your current level of DNA right now, and DNA, by the way, determines age, you guys can live to be 120 years old. Right now, no change to DNA um, required. But that's not happening. I mean, hardly ever does it happen. Like, you know, there are maybe like one or two or three cases of people that live to be that long. And by the way, DNA is going through activation, so lifespans are going to become longer for certain people. What is going to determine that? A lot of things, but it starts with the physical and it starts with the food. Because that is the most basic layer that is holding you down. The most basic layer that's holding you down, let me say that again, is the food that you eat. That is the most basic layer that is making you develop the disease. And if and I'm talking about physical. Obviously, there are a lot of psychosomatic reasons. There are a lot of emotional reasons, energetic reasons for you to have the disease. The physicality is not helping. That's your most basic layer. That is what you're going to have to start addressing. If you don't want to be even sicker, more tired, and actually move out of sync with the rest of the planet. There is a lot of magnitude. There's a lot of weight to our planet, Mother Gaia. She's not a thing that lives in order to cater to us. She impacts us like nobody's business. And I know this is kind of like spirituality 101, but I have to repeat these things. She impacts you. You cannot really run away. Unless you choose to check out and and disincarnate or die, right? Like that's obviously, as a way out, it's always available to every single soul. I wouldn't recommend that, but that's a separate different issue. In other words, you are here and the energies are just the way that they are. So what are you going to do about it and what is needed? So the energies of the planet are rising. If your physical body is dense and heavy and you are not rising with it, what's going to happen is you are going to feel like you are out of sync with the rest of the planet. What would that mean? That mean that it would manifest as disease in your physical body. It would manifest as you being tired. It would manifest as you being unhappy. It would manifest as you feeling um, a lot of the negative emotions, actually. So all of your lower chakras are going to go back into their shadow state. It's just that density. It's... it's um. The system is, it's almost like the, the, you don't belong anymore, if that makes sense, right? Like the system almost like wants to repel you and you're like, ah, you know, it's going to be very hard to you, for you to hold on. It's going to be very hard for you to perform. It's going to be very hard for you to feel fulfilled in life, to live a happy life, to manifest things, to be happy in your families, to feel like you're on your mission, on your path, all of the above. It's going to get harder unless you lighten up in the same way that. When a rocket ship is launched into space, it needs to lose some of its baggage, like it's dropping its layers as it's, you know, um, ascending. You're going to have to become lighter in order to meet planet earth at its velocity, at its density, at its level. That is the only option. What are the things that are weighing you down? The foods that you eat weigh you down. The more dense foods you eat right now, the harder it is going to be for you to maintain a state of normalcy, right? So maintain a decent mood, maintain productivity, maintain a state of happiness and overall sense of well-being. And it's not going to happen overnight, you guys. The change is gradual, but it is pretty dramatic. The before and after is going to be pretty dramatic. In another 10 years, unless you start shifting your habits, you may find yourself a lot worse off than you ever were. So the change is going to be that rapid. It's pretty rapid. So in order... Do you guys know Alice in Wonderland? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna butcher the quote, but there's a quote in there that says, I think it's Alice talking to one of the queens or something, and the queen is like, "I've been running, you know, as hard as I can to just stay at the same place, right? <laughs> so it's like if you want to get somewhere, you need to, to like run double that speed, double the speed, right? And that is essentially like the the rate of change that we're going through right now. You have to. Run at double your normal speed to just keep up with the vibrations of planet Earth. And you're going to have to drop some baggage. You're going to have to drop some heavy foods. If you are looking to maintain your peace of mind, your serenity, your um, productivity, all of those things. Because the alternative is you becoming sick. The alternative is you potentially developing a terminal illness because your body cannot take it anymore. And yes, a lot of people are going to start checking out because of terminal illness from planet Earth. So the mortality rate from terminal illness that is uncurable or really hard to cure is going to go up. Not because, you know, at face value, like, you know, all of these things are happening. I mean, yes, the things are happening. Like, a lot of things are happening, but because your vibrations no longer match the frequency of planet Earth, you're no longer a match to this planet and so you're going to be kicked out kicked off the curb if that makes sense what is right now like short term we're going to talk short term we're going to take talk long term for optimal performance right now what planet earth is right now already in vibration you guys is vegetarian going into vegan that's what planet earth is right now vegetarian going into vegan these are the people that are going to feel the most optimal right now Down the road, more. So what, you know... Let me take a step back. Because now I'm getting... um, I'm getting this whiff from the collective um, that you guys feel like I'm judging you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You guys, you can eat whatever it is that you want to eat. If you choose to consume animals, if you choose to consume fish, if you choose to consume eggs etc. That is your birthright. I will say that again. It is your birthright. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. I'm here to provide a perspective and to explain to you at face value of what is already going on and what is going to keep, you know, the trends that are starting to accelerate and the why. And you know what? Maybe I will tell you the big picture stuff that it's totally going to be like, Ooh, what is she talking about? So why don't I preface this by saying that there are a lot of my teachings that are really easy to follow. And then there are going to be some of my teachings that are not going to be so easy to follow. This episode is going to become the most favorite episode for some of you and for a lot of others It's going to be faced with so much resistance that you're not going to want to watch this, you're not going to want to hear this, and you're going to be like, she's out of her mind. And I am doing this anyway. Because I am here for you, even when you're not here for you. That is my sacred promise. So here we go. Before we dive into vegan, vegetarian, non-vegan, what are the options that there are, yada, yada, yada. Why don't we talk about what's going to happen to food In fifth dimensional consciousness. Like when, when planet earth is in 5D, what are human beings going to eat? And this is the number one thing that I don't hear spiritual leaders talk about. What, you know, actually, I would love to ask the collective, what do you guys think people eat in 5D? What is the plan for five dimensional, for a 5D human, once we've completed the transition what would human beings eat? I would love to hear some uh, some responses, if I may. I hear a vegan answer. Uh, some are saying vegetarian. There is a pescatarian answer. Anybody else? Raw. Yeah, these are pretty much the answers. Um, I love you guys. The answer is neither of the above. No. Once we fully, fully complete the transition to a fifth dimensional consciousness what planet earth is no longer going to be a vibrational match to is violence planet earth is no longer going to be a vibrational match of a predator species and a species that is being preyed on that is not a vibrational match of a five-dimensional earth let me restate that once earth transitions to a five-dimensional plane Once we have completed it, no single species is going to eat another species on planet Earth. That means no parasites of any kind in 5D. That means no carnivores of any kind in 5D. That means no herbivores. Ooh, look at that! No herbivores in 5D? What the hell? did we get into? And you guys are really, really troopers if you're still here. What am I saying? So I am saying that in 5D, we're not going to eat animals or plants of any kind. What are we going to eat then? Isn't that a billion dollar question? What do you think is left? I'm starting to get some really, really good answers. For those of you that study theosophy or read Blavatsky, um, you guys would be familiar with the fact that another thing that is meant to happen during this transition is our DNA is going to change. The human DNA is going to change to such a degree that we're going to be almost like a whole new human, a whole new version of human. The version of human that is going to come forth is not even going to be called Homo sapiens. This is going to be an evolved species. That evolved species, and by the way, it's not millions of years away and not even a hundred thousand years away. It's a lot closer than you guys could ever possibly imagine. The transition to the sixth human race, the next, you can call it race, you can call it another species, that upgrade that is coming. It's going to be here way quicker than you think. What is that new species? What is the new type of human that is current, like that we're paving the way for? That type of human, that new human race, that evolved human species, humanoid, I should say, maybe more so than human, is going to be a solar race. It's going to be a solar species. It is going to be a race, a species that is governed by the sun, the rhythms of the sun. That is why we're being bombarded with all these solar codes right now, not for nothing, you guys. We're being prepared. Our DNAs are being activated. Because they are going to have to develop some new strands. Maybe not develop, but those, I mean, I guess they're as good as dormant or as good as dead now. Yeah, those strands are going to have to be activated. We're going from a two-strand DNA structure to a 12-strand DNA structure. And that solar human is going to eat prana. Solar prana in particular, not any kind of prana. So the transition, the arc that we're going from is a meat-eating human right now that eventually is going to turn into a solar prana-eating species. That type of eating... That type of con- food consumption, if you will, is a voluntary, meaning the sun voluntarily shares that with that humanoid species, and that humanoid species is able to absorb that prana with the entirety of their body. So not necessarily the mouth, that's not how you're going to consume food. It's going to be through skin, through the pores, essentially. That's what eating is going to look like. And it's actually going to feel a lot more like being charged, like charging a battery. Do you guys know these charging devices now? Uh, I think Apple has them, where you they're almost like a plate, and then you place the um, the telephone, the phone, on top of the plate, and then the plate kind of just charges you. Like you almost like don't even need to plug things in anymore. Well, I guess you do for the device itself, but not for the phone. If that makes sense. So. That is kind of like how your phone is starting to absorb that energy with its skin or with its, you know, one of its sides, right? So when humanity turns prana eating from sun, that is how it's going to feel. You're going to get up in the morning, you know, not you in particular, but that new version of you, right? That's going to be here whenever that happens, uh, when you reincarnate. You're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to greet the sun. It's uh, the solar connection, by the way, is going to be third eye to to third eye, right? Like with your third eye. By the way, telepathy is is coming for humanity in 5D. Telepathic communication and communal living. It's going to be like telepathy is going to exist between the humanoid species. And telepathy is going to exist between you and the sun. Telepathy is going to exist between you and other living beings around you. Full telepathy. Full being able to talk to creatures around you. Plant life, animal life, doesn't really matter. Elementals, ooh, how about that? Expanded perception is coming. Expanded vision is coming. You're going to be able to see way more things at way more frequencies than ever before once the transition is, is done. So the sun, you know, it's it's going to be the charge. You're going to greet the sun in the morning at dawn and greet the sun in the evening. The two charging spots in the day. And you're going to be charged by two of these energies. you're going to be done that's going to be the eating twice a day that is what has been written pre-written um into the fabric of this transition by the way it is the choice of planet earth that this is how the feeding would take place in five-dimensional consciousness so how does that transition usually take like happen right we're moving from very dense way of feeding right and um from a very dense vibration where there's a lot of like predator prey type of emanation right happened and has been going for thousands of years here on planet earth into completely voluntary exchange no parasitic nothing symbiotic relationship between you and the sun pranic eating from the sun by the way, it's going to be just this feeling, actually more feeling than your physical food right now. Now, this is very lofty, but I wanted to give that perspective to you guys because A, I think you're ready. B, so that you know what is the arc that you're on because you're starting to see the signs or something in the water and you guys don't know what you're even seeing. You think that veganism is where it's at. I'll tell you, veganism is a very, very, very interim step not the end game but it's the step in the right direction it is the step in the right direction because you cannot go zero to a hundred it's impossible we are meant to be moving gradually this is a gradual movement step by step by step it is called evolution evolution is not an overnight concept it's not a revolution it's an evolution it takes some time so a lot of people are turning vegan and vegetarian more so now than ever in the history of humanity. And if you needed any proof, you would look at your grocery stores and you would see just how many meat substitutes there are. You would see just how many dairy substitutes there are compared to even five years ago, compared to 10 years ago. God forbid you try to compare it to 30 years ago. There was nothing there. Why is that? And you can give me like, Ooh, I don't know, because um, all these companies, you know, are trying to be really nice and conscious and everybody's worried about global warming. Eh, no, <laughs> you know, big companies are not necessarily worried about global warming, I hate to say. There's a lot of lip service going on. But in business, always, you know, if there is demand, there is supply. So what this tells you is there's so much demand now for people wanting to consume things that are other than dairy, that humanity has manifested all of this supply. And not only that, a lot of people who are waking up are feeling the density of the foods that are traditionally, like what are traditionally the ancestors, what our ancestors consumed. And that no longer serves their body. For a lot of people, they're going to start having an aversion to those foods like an aversion or like they're like, you know, they're seeking to substitute. Like It's almost like you're subconsciously seeking to do a spring cleaning. Not everybody. Not everybody feels the the urge. But some of you are going to feel that drive. And it usually is um, in in stages. There are like waves, actually. Um, so this transition is not meant to happen overnight. And you always have the 10% of humanity that kind of patches out, almost like splits itself from the collective and steps into that next phase of transition. So what is the first phase of transition? The first phase of transition is giving up the red meat. The very, very, very first step that you would do if you're seeking to transition and lighten up, if you want to heal your body, if you want to heal your soul, if you want to be better prepared for the future, by the way, for those of you that have been asking me, Maria, how do we prepare ourselves? for what is to come in the next 5, 10, 20, 30 years. You have been asking. This is the answer, you guys. Food. you got to start changing your food. I'm usually not prescriptive. You can do whatever you want. But if you choose to change one thing, change what you eat. Because that is the first domino. Okay, so what are the stages? Stage one giving up red meat very simple stage red meat is the densest again let me actually take a step back because i can already tell you know the number one thing you guys are all going to worry about is proteins how do you know how do i survive without it you know science 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 does she have scientific backing let me make this very easy there is going to be absolutely nothing in this video about science backing. Because science doesn't know what's going on. I hate to say this, science doesn't know that human beings are supposed to turn into prana-eating species. And if you find a scientist that knows that, they're probably no longer a scientist. They probably have moved on with their lives. (laughs) And again, I have tremendous respect for science. I really do. In this particular instance, science may be more of a hurdle for you to overcome then something that's going to help you understand, something that's going to help you heal, it is what it is. Giving up red meat is that first baby step. Depending on how quickly your body adapts, you may need 10 years at this stage, or you may need 10 days at this stage. Nobody can tell you for sure. Like, I cannot tell you specifically right now I mean, I can give you percentages, right? But you're gonna have to start developing a relationship with your own physical body, so you don't press and you don't push it harder than it is willing to go with you. Right, the second. By the way, if you're like a married couple trying to go on this journey of, of like, okay, um, let, let let's go prepare for the future. Let's let's change how we eat, what we eat, etc. Two of you may be moving at different paces. Allow yourself that. Allow one person or somebody to move at a slower pace than you. And the same goes the other way around. Allow another person to move faster than you. If your body takes longer to adjust, don't hold your partner hostage. Allow them to eat a different diet. Prepare two types of meals if that's what it's going to take. Step two, giving up all meats, right? So whatever is left once you have given up the red meats. So poultry is not there. That's the second step. By the way, <laughs> if I may volunteer alcohol to be at the level of the red meats, please. I know this was... It's kind of just a disclaimer, right? Obviously, you do whatever you want. But um, in terms of density, alcohol is right, right there with the red meats. So in fact, I would probably... It's really hard to pick which one, you know, which one is it's more beneficial to give up Uh, red meats or alcohol. Maybe even alcohol. Maybe even that even wins over the red meats. Um, When you give up the red meat, you don't just give up the density of the physical fibers. You give up the karma that goes with consuming somebody else's flesh, and not just somebody else's flesh. But I said this before, and I will say this again. Animals, the animal kingdom does not have a sacred contract to feed humanity, no matter how much you guys would like to believe otherwise. Cows, pigs, chickens, and everybody else you could be consuming does not have a sacred contract to feed you. I hate to say this. No matter how much you like chicken wings, no matter how light, how much you like steak, no matter how much you like barbecue, and no matter how much you like ribs, those beings did not sign up to be your food source. They are experiencing slavery in the same way that it used to be that humanity enslaved other human beings. And thankfully, you all arrived eventually at an understanding that that is just not okay. There is slavery still around. On planet Earth, that slavery is called a meat-eating industry, or fish for that matter. For as long as you consume dead animals, You are supporting slavery. And you may throw as many rotten tomatoes at me as you'd like. It does not make this any less true. Because a species that has never committed to feeding another species is trapped when they're being forced to do that. And yes, that does include the dairy industry, by the way. Yeah, it does include the dairy industry. Because no, cow's milk does not exist for you guys to have cheese. As much as you love cheese. I'm just saying. Okay. And again, I don't mean this this to be heated or judgmental. It just is what it is. Like, we need to look the facts in the eyes, so to say. We need to look at facts at face value. So the next step as you're trying to leave your body, and by the way, if you're on a path of this, right, if you're working through and, like, you're on the spiritual path with me listening to my content, if you're this perfect snowflake that I know that you are, you will be faced with the same arc that i'm describing some of you may take on multiple steps of that arc at a time you may be like i'm willing to give up all of these things however if you move through this arc too fast you may experience a backswing meaning if you swing the pendulum too much one way and your body hasn't adjusted it is not sustainable for you your body is going to develop all kinds of weird deficiencies like being anemic right the iron deficiency And you may be forced, quote-unquote, to go back. If that is happening, you are, like, you gave up too many things too quickly. So pace yourself. By the way, no matter how much you're pacing yourself, unless you truly want to, within a year, your body is usually ready to move to the next stage. Like, if you're taking longer than a year, please understand this is not your body that is telling you to do this. This is your... Free will that wants to do that, if that makes sense. Okay, so we gave up red meat, alcohol, then red meat. Then we gave up poultry. Then we would give up the fish. Um, I would say probably the fish, yes, the fish, and then the seafood would be the next step. Although, arguably, fish and seafood could also be the same step for a lot of people. But we can say, okay, like fish, like fried fish especially, right? Like all your salmons, all your, you know, uh, all your tunas, you know, canned tunas and all of that. Or your fried fishes, all of them are here. That is would be the next step, like in terms of density. Then it would be the seafood. That is your, you know, shellfish is right here, right? All of your, you know, oysters, you know, all of your uh, shrimps are right here. All of your lobsters, you know, crabs, all of these crab cakes, all of these are going to be in this layer right here. Now, eggs, probably very close to the fish in terms of um, you know, density, right? So I would say maybe fish and then eggs, right? Um, we didn't uh we didn't really get into dairy. I would probably put dairy right um, right after fish. So that's where you're going from being vegetarian to being vegan, right? Uh you would need to give up the dairy. Um What happens then? Um, And I think that's probably where a lot of you are going to have a lot of confusion. What happens once you reach to the level of like once you're vegan? And by the way, a lot of you already perceive vegan to be so strict that you like it's very hard for you to fathom how you could eat less than vegan. Like what else is there? Like where, where is the joy of life? And you would actually, guys, you would discover that. When you live to eat, not eat to live, when you um, live to eat, meaning you consume food so much, you're missing out on so many other things that you could be experiencing. If you allowed your body to shed all of the heaviness and experience true spiritual bliss, you're missing out on all of that. There are layers after you're vegan that are going to prepare you for what's to come. Now, there are still 10 to 15 years like that we can be in the vegan-vegetarian arena as a society and be completely fine. Like if you're vegan and vegetarian right now, you're perfectly fine for the next 15 years. At which point, the intensity of solar flares may be to such a degree that you may want to go to that next step, to that next phase. What is that next phase? The next phase is giving up gluten. That is the next step after you have become fully vegan, is giving up gluten. By the way, when you're fully vegan and you're still consuming gluten, you're that healthy. In fact, if you were, by, by, in, I mean, there are varying degrees of healthy, but gluten is extremely bad for human bodies. So if you want to keep lighting things up, giving up gluten would be the next frontier. Right alongside gluten. What you would want to give up are things like rice and soy or soya, however you want to call it, and corn. And corn. There is nothing good for the human body uh, about corn at this point. Corn is not good for you guys. hate to say this. And I'm not even talking about processed corn. You want to hear what the next step is? People are like, oh my God, Marie, there is a next step. Are you kidding? The next step is giving up nightshades. I said it. Who are nightshades? What are nightshades? Um, nightshades is a sub-segment. It's, it's a species. It's a subspecies within the plant family. And it contains your favorites, such as potatoes, tomatoes, red bell peppers, and eggplant. That would be the next step. And in herein, herein lies a big, big, big misconception around where a lot of vegans get trapped, where a lot of vegans actually become less healthy, not more healthy. And that is the step that may be the hardest one for you to take yet, once you're ready, whenever you're ready. What is that step? It's giving up gluten, and it's giving up nightshades. Gluten is what it sounds like. It's glue. It glues a lot of things inside of you together, it prevents your body from eliminating toxins. It prevents your body from a lot of other things, such as absorbing nutrients. Because of that, a large chunk of what you eat does not get absorbed by your body. So you are consuming the food three times a day. It gets into your system that is so inundated with gluten that you gluten rise, by the way, in soya. Same thing. Like, it has the same effect. Gluten, rice, and soy. Corn to some degree, right? So if you're like, okay, I'm gluten-free, what's your point? You may be gluten-free, but if you're still consuming, you know, rice or you're still consuming soy, even in, in the soy sauce form, that's still, you know, what I'm going to say next still holds true. Your body can't fully detox. Your body cannot fully absorb the nutrients. So 80% to 85 to 90% of what you eat is going to end up, you know, where. You're gonna eliminate it out of your body. The good of the good stuff. Right? And some of the bad stuff is still gonna remain in your intestines, et cetera, et cetera. Because the gluten, it's just it like clogs everything. It's just like this gluey mess inside of you that, you know, yes, when you're consuming breads and and, and croissants and, you know, what not baguettes, it tastes good. And all these pastries, they taste really, really good if you only could see what it does to your intestines, if it only you could see what it does to your digestive tract, if you only could see how much of a fertile soil it is for all kinds of parasitic entities, you would drop gluten like yesterday. <laughs> you really would. You really would. If I could show you what I'm seeing, I would say 99.99% of you would stop eating gluten tomorrow. You'd be like, Maria, this is gross. In fact, I'll probably have red meat over that thing that you just showed me. I'm just saying. It's pretty nasty, you guys. But nothing is about as nasty (laughs) as a combination of um, gluten and nightshades. Again, you guys, nightshades are potatoes, tomatoes, red bell peppers, and um, so not that red bell peppers all colors of bell peppers any kind of bell peppers whether they're red or pink or sorry not pink what am i saying yellow and orange uh whatever they are uh green uh, doesn't really matter any bell pepper and um you know um the eggplant now there are other species it's just like these are the most there are other um plants in in the nightshade kingdom And and Google it if you want the full list. Most of them you guys don't consume in in such such a large degree, right? Um, Sweet potatoes, for instance, are not nightshades. And the funny part is that's even in the name. Do you guys really, like something that sounds, that says like nightshade, do you think that's edible? And it it, it really isn't. So nightshades originally, and and by the way, like, you know, (laughs) there's like a whole, um, you know, species, right, of plant kingdom that is nightshades. And they're originally, um, and still are, uh, enough of them are poisonous. That's why you guys don't eat green tomatoes and you don't eat, like, um, you know, potatoes until they're ripe. Because it has poison. And, you know, it'll cause you all kinds of funny business inside. Um, uh, So, you know, belladonna, for instance, is a nightshade. Very well-known poison. Plant Kingdom develops, you know, there are, like, um, and I said this before and I'll say this again. Currently, right now, the plant kingdom does have a sacred contract to feed humanity. That is very much the case. However, not every plant is created equal. You have plants that are pro-humanity, and then you have plants that, on the contract level, have, um, I don't want to say they're against humanity, but they have been birthed as a way to regulate humanity's population. When a particular species is getting out of hand, in terms of how proliferate it is. And humanity is incredibly proliferate, meaning there are so look at the population growth. Look at what's happening to the planet because of the overconsumption and everything. Look at all of the things that, you know, um the overpopulated planet Earth in terms of human species has, you know, um has caused. Um the natural n- nature is eventually going to rebel. One of the ways that nature is regulating the population of humanity right now is through nightshades. Um, nightshades are, you know, especially when coupled with gluten, are creating an ecosystem within your internal organs, like within your body, that breeds disease. Again, is that the only thing that breeds disease? No, but nightshades are here to to. Mm, uh, keep you sick it is what it is they're not bad you guys that's the thing as a species nightshades are not bad in fact they may be helping planet gaia to solve the human issue but from a limited human perspective you may want to reconsider whether you'd like to consume nightshades or not and i know you love french fries and i know you love your tomatoes because they are in your ketchups and they're in freaking 50% of your recipes. <laughs> I'm like, it is what it is, right? Nightshades have become extremely, extremely uh, proliferate. Like, humanity has been cultivating nightshades. And they've become so proliferate in the past 300 years. And there has been a correlation between humanities, you know, you know, um, more population like they're they're more meaning um, There is a correlation between the population growth of humanity and how many nightshades are out there and being consumed Because this is a nature's way of regulating the human population and I'm seeing a lot of controversial things But if you guys dropped into your heart center, you would know that a lot of what I'm saying is Reality it's not a story. It's not a fairy tale that I just made up for no reason I personally don't hate on nightshades. <laughs> I personally think that there are beautiful uh, subspecies of a plant family and they are here at work. But just know they're working against you is all. They're working against you. So if you are on your ascension level, eventually you're going to have to face the music and kick out nightshades out of your diet because not only are they making you sick, Um, not only are they helping the parasitic entities, just like gluten, like nitrates and gluten, bad combo. Nitrates, gluten, rice, soy. Those four nitrates, gluten. Yeah. Rice, soy, four. (laughs) Yeah. Very bad combo. Like you think you may be vegan and you're healthy. But if you're consuming these categories of products, you're anything but. In fact, there's more work for you to do. Um, Once you have, once you graduate from um, nightshades, the next thing for you, the next frontier for you to give up would be grains. Actually, there are healthy grains, but as you're looking to, like buckwheat for instance, is an, an amazing grain. But as you go lighter, you essentially move up um, away from things that are cooked and into that raw thing, right? So for those people that are already raw, you guys are. Pretty much there, right? Raw and sprouted. And then the probably the last step that makes sense on you know talking about in here would be fruitarian. A human being today can survive on a fruitarian diet. It's entirely possible. And, and you can survive and you can live a long and happy life on a fruitarian diet, just eating fruit. Once your body's cleansed of all of the nastiness of gluten. Once your body is cleansed of all of the nastiness of nightshades, and by the way, nightshades what they're doing internally on an energetic level. For those of you that are curious to check it out in the meditative state, you can check it out. The nightshades are creating a dark net, like, um, sounds ominous, a dark net, but it kind of looks like a dark net. It's a black net inside of your intestines and the lower uh, stomach, and it's like they're trapping darkness inside of your body. Ascension is the presence of more and more light in your body and kind of like a gradual um, giving up of darkness. Nightshades are not going to enable you to do that. So, you know, for as long as you're eating nightshades, there's going to be darkness present in your body. One thing you would notice is the more you lighten up your diet, the more you lighten up your diet, uh, the more you are going, and especially once you give up gluten, um, soy and, and rice and corn, Your intestines are going to clear up. It takes between three to six months for your body to get rid of the residue of gluten that has been gathering there. So don't expect fast results. And by the way, for the first three to six months, you may feel weird because it's a detox period, you guys. You're not meant to feel great during a detox. And you may feel like, oh my God, what am I even doing? I'm feeling crappy pardon my French, I'm feeling like I'm low energy, it's because your body is detoxing. When your body is detoxing, it's working overtime to get rid of all of the stuff that you, you like you put in there that it now needs to remove and release, right? Once you are done with that, though, you would notice that you need one third of the amount of food that you used to do, like you used to need. Because your body absorbs everything so well that you will be full from a third amount of food compared to what you used to. And that's beautiful. Because you're not going to need to eat three times a day. You would be able to switch to two times a day. By the way, intermittent fasting is a really, really nice interim step, like wherever you are, right? Intermittent fasting is really, really good because at least you're giving your body a chance to start destashing, Instead of you just keep giving it all this stuff that your body doesn't really want, doesn't really need, and or or rather all the toxic stuff, right? So intermittent fasting is really, really good. You would notice, though, right, also down the road, and, you know, that maybe is a conversation we're going to have to have 10 to 15 years down the road. But you may want to um, even make fasting, not intermittent fasting, but, like, have one day out of the week that you designate for liquid diet right? it's just smoothies or just juices, right? Uh, Friday is a really, really good day for a detox like that. And you would notice, right, that that keeps you in the most optimal sh- like shape in terms of health, well-being, you know, your your spiritual um, outlook, et cetera, et cetera, your emotional outlook, right? You would notice that your body starts craving these fasting days more and more and more. Now, it is a journey, So wherever you are in this journey, don't make yourself wrong the way you are. Even if you are a meat eater, and even if you think that everything that I said just now is complete crazy talk, I respect you. I respect your opinion. For as long as I got to plant a little seed, and at least for a second, you considered that there is another way out there, there is something else you could be doing. That's all I ask for. And if one day you're looking for answers, for instance your ba- body is not as healthy as you would like it to be. you don't have as much energy as you would like to have. You're you know you feel like you're bombarded by these solar codes and solar flares and like just in general like the happening is really really tough and you're like, okay, what's next? what's next? I don't know. if, if you start looking for answers, please remember to whenever you're ready to come back to this video, because you may find something in here that initially, if you were in a state of resistance, you could just couldn't hear. And that may be the biggest gift you give to yourself. I'm ready to take some questions from the collective. Let me just, before I do that, preface this by saying, this was a lot, right? I just kind of, and, and uh, this was also big picture. This was not meant to be a step-by-step guide on how you... <laughs> become a pranic eater. By the way, right now the energies of the planet Earth are not such that people can eat prana just yet. Not yet. Maybe for like 1 in a billion. But not for the vast majority. It doesn't mean that that's not what we're heading. So, I I want to take a question from the collective around um around this. The question is what about supplements? should we be taking supplements? The answer is it depends on where you are in this whole conundrum. Supplements are most effective when you are between the vegan and the, um, like between vegan and raw, (laughs) like in that, in that range. Um, Because prior to that, like when you're still eating gluten, um, your supplements don't get absorbed. I hate to say this. Like, so, such a minuscule amount of your supplements that you're consuming would get even absorbed in your bloodstream and would even get to its destination that it's almost laughable. You might as well not bother. And again, take this with a grain of salt. If you are of a different opinion, I respect you. Now, um, when you are, once you have given up gluten, and nightshades, ideally as well, that frees up, like, after that detox of three to six months... You know that is when your body can finally start absorbing all of the goodness from the supplements that you take that is a decent time to take supplements so your body can be supported through this transition period you want to be taking supplements you want to help your body adjust once you turn fully raw though you almost don't need supplements because your body got so good at absorbing, and there are no these like there are no barriers anymore for absorption. That your body should be able to get most of what it needs from your diet. So supplements depends on the stage, if that makes sense. Um, the question is, what supplements should we be taking? Um, unfortunately, there is no one size fits all. Um, Maybe um if if you would like a separate one on supplements, do let me know. Maybe um in the comments on YouTube or if you want to DM me on Instagram, that's totally fine as well. Uh, let me know if you want a separate one on supplements. That is a big topic. I don't wanna I don't wanna give you like a, a cop out answer. If you just want like one simple solution, take prenatal vitamins. Those would, per- like, if you don't want to get into too much, like, um you know, if you don't want to be too sophisticated, prenatal usually has the most balanced, like, w- like if I were to give you a general piece of advice, and I, by the way, you know, like, I don't care that you're not prenatal, <laughs> those could still be very, very good vitamins for you, you know, just because there's a little bit of everything in there, right, and and it's kind of like a little bit like run of the mill, um, instead of um, trying to provide feedback for each of you individual which you know unfortunately i cannot do in the constraints of of this video um i'll take another question from the collective um the question is so how long before we all turn on pranic eating um the answer is it depends there are different ways to do ascension there is the hard way and then there is the easy way and um what has been decided by the Council of Light and by Planet Gaia is that this is going to be um, somewhere in the middle, but closer to the easy way uh, for humanity. Meaning planet, is, our planet is willing to be patient with humanity. It is willing to take humanity through the process instead of just saying, hey, tomorrow you're either switching or you're dying out as a species. That's not what's going to happen. You know, our planet is incredibly incredibly understanding. The Consciousness of planet Earth is incredibly compassionate and incredibly empathetic. The answer is it depends how long it takes for the critical mass to get there. I will tell you but the the, the process itself is going to be in waves. So what it needs uh, like for the humanity, uh, for for the human species, right, to become pranic eating, 10% of humanity needs to switch to that diet. Once 10% of humanity becomes uh, something, um, like a like changes a particular habit, that thing um, is available to the entire species. That's like what critical mass um, looks like um, at the evolutionary level. So once ten percent of humanity chooses to switch from consuming plants to consuming prana, and they're able to transition that switch, so, like, to transition, that is when it's considered that humanity has become pranic eating. Regardless of the fact that 90% of humanity at that time may stay still be on the plant-based diet. And by the way, you know, people, beings who are going to be pranic eating, their children, their offspring are going to be born pranic eating already. So they're not going to, they're actually going to become atrophied is um, the um, the digestive tract, the way that we know it. They're not going to have intestines down the road, not right away. Right, they're not going to need to, you know, go to the bathroom or any of that fun stuff. How how funny is that? How cute is that? Right, uh, we have a lot to look forward to. That's for sure. So, but how long? I don't. I almost don't want to give you the when, because um, there is the the what's planned, but what's going to be in reality is going to be a very very different number depending on how quickly the 10% can get there. If that makes sense. I'll take one last question around what I said. The question is, I am still a meat eater, and I would like to not become, like, essentially to to become vegetarian. Uh, What is your take on things like beyond meat and meat substitutes? Can I use that as an interim? Or does that, you know, or essentially, do you not like that? Or do you not recommend that? I actually think that it is a huge blessing that now there are all of these meat substitutes. The reason that they exist is so that your transition can be easy. So you can still have your burger for now, but without the karma. And so your body can start adjusting to plant protein instead of animal protein. Now, I will not, I'll not—I'll be the first one to admit that beyond burger and beyond meat and all of these other substitutes and whatnot, they're so processed. It's such a processed food. And the stuff that's in there sometimes is worse than, you know, if you were to just eat a meat, like a piece of meat that's quote-unquote natural. However, I would still recommend it any day of the week because it is a stepping stone. And if you cannot quit meat without those substitutes called turkey, then don't do it. Then just take the Beyond Meat burger and enjoy for as long as your body wants to enjoy it until you're ready for that next stage. Don't make yourself wrong for not diving head first. Take the baby steps. You're going to thank me later. For all of you that have stayed through this very charged episode, I thank you. I command you. I know some of you are meant to be the 10%. I know some of you felt a calling in your heart when you, when you heard this small percentage of you but there are some that you, it's almost like you've been waiting for this information to hit you and i feel a lot of gratitude from you right now and then there are others and some of you may hate this and some of you may feel like this is weird and that is completely okay whatever you are in your food journey is okay our society is changing the energies are changing Whether right now was the right time for you to receive this information or not, it doesn't really matter. Eventually, I'm a big believer. You're still going to get to a stage in your life when you would be ready to make a change. And this video is still going to be there for you at that time. I'm sending you a big virtual hug. I'll see you in the next one. Bye.